Before we start the episode, I'd like to dedicate this episode to my Lula. She had passed away this past week after fighting cancer, after a tough battle with cancer. And she was a very special part of our family. And she is on my mom's side. And I did an episode last year about my uh, grandfather. My papu, my papu, my uh, my lolo, my grandfather, that had passed away last year, and my uh, lula, she actually um, is the second wife of my papu, who had, who he unfortunately passed away last year, and she was a part of our family for quite a while, and she she was well loved by a bunch of our family members and she was a huge part in taking care of my papu and I'm forever grateful and thankful for that unfortunately I did not get to see her when I went to the Philippines this past last month and I just but oh, my family did see her and in their last moments or their last time together seeing that she was very um, happy but she was clearly in pain. But I think it was, um, I hope that she was able to um, spend her last moments in peace. And now she's in a better place. And I would like to um, dedicate this episode, which is episode number 96, to my Lula. And rest in peace to her and my papu, as well as, well as my uh, grandmother as well. We'll be on episode number 96, and it is raining, raining here in the Bay Area, and I, I don't know if I'm gonna get, if I'm getting sick or not, I, I just can't tell, because I, I, I keep saying that, like, I could, I could make it through this cold weather, and I just got rained on yesterday, too, and I, I totally forgot about that, and, um, I was at a card show, so, <laughs> Is my yeah, let me talk about that card show real quick. It was in um Bay Area Card Show. Second show that I've ever been to. And it was cool. It was small and it's it's definitely like because yeah, I went last year, um during the when it was hot, you know, card collecting was super hot back then. <laughs> back then like last year it was just super it was at an all time high after the pandemic and it's kind of like settling that settling down now and kind of um it's not yeah correction people are saying like the market's dying but I, I think it's truly just a correction just like everything else is going that's happening and also that economic the economy's not that good right now even though gas has, gas has now gone fully below four four dollars now and it was nice going to the gas station and not crying, you know, after getting a full tank of gas. But, yeah, times have definitely changed. But I feel like right now, um, the people that are at these card shows are actual, like, truly card collectors or still investors in the hobbies. Or, but I saw a lot of people that just enjoy the hobby, which is great. And... <laughs> 
it's still like an absolute sausage fest. I'm not saying like, I mean, that's a reflection of sports. It's mostly dudes, but a bunch of, uh, not a lot of young, yeah, younger dudes, but a lot of old dudes in their 40s or late 30s. And, excuse me, um, and then it's nice to see some young kids too. Like, it was cute seeing like kids. <laughs> I mostly hung out with the kids because, like, I, I had a budget for this <laughs> for this event. Like, I wasn't balling out. I had, like, a strict budget. I'll go over it real quick. But, yeah. yeah I was just shuffling through, like, the cheap boxes with all the other kids who <laughs> who were there with their parents. And then it was, it was just cute seeing, like, little kids, like, buy some Pokemon cards for, like, a dollar or something. <laughs> it's nice to see that when instead of seeing when you're mostly bombarded with like adults just trying to make money off of like a kid's hobby which is pretty much what sports collecting is or sports cards collecting is and it's <laughs> it's it's weird but, <laughs> but yeah it was cool i saw some cool stuff um a lot of high-end stuff is always cool to see cards that you know that you could never afford <laughs> in person and it's just nice to see it and me you know i was you know i was fleecing dudes and i was just kidding i got like a lot of cheap cards you know i was looking for jalen hurts rookie cards a field level card just a base one and i found it and then i found um a matthew stafford card that i've been looking for but my biggest pickup was like this 40 dollar herbert PSA 9 die cut white prism that I've kind of been looking for for a while and I got it for a really good price and that was the steal of the show I wasn't expecting to spend much but I, that was it and yeah shout out to sports cards and all that stuff but yeah and <laughs> oh my god I'm dying I'm sick but anyways I, uh, this episode, episode 96, we're gonna go over, uh, Aaron Judge, he finally picked a team, and it's, I'll go over that, it's not San Francisco, uh, other stuff, um, K-pop again, it was very devastating that one of the members of one of my groups has, um, left abruptly, and uh, I think I'll share my thoughts on that. And then just end it talking about the Sixers. Because I haven't talked about the Sixers in so long. And I just figured, why not just do it for... It's my podcast. Might as well just talk about them. So, I'll start with Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge has chosen to stay with the New York Yankees, which I 100% predicted. I did not see him leave leaving the squad. Just because... Um, They've been really good to him in New York. Like, of course, it's the Yankees. I guess the only reason why you wouldn't want to be there is that you couldn't handle it, I guess. But they've always just found, like, really good players <laughs> to uh, play on that team. They just can't win a championship. But that's how baseball is. It's just kind of hard to uh, hard to figure it out in the postseason and just make a run. And they fell short in the ALCS to the eventual champions, the Houston Astros. But I felt like Aaron Judge thought that 
maybe his time wasn't finished yet. Like, it's a little diff- different if, like, the Yankees sucked for, like, the past four years. But to be honest with you, they've been pretty competitive-ish. They're not like the Red Sox who've been, like, a dumpster fire ever since Mookie Betts left, I think. But, yeah, I mean, his best chance at winning a championship is, is with New York. Like, they'll always find... They always find money. They can attract free agents. Uh, not sure about their farm system. They have that one Jason Dominguez guy, but I don't know if he's going to come up soon. But his best chance, his best chance was in New York. And other than that, like, I mean, the Yankees fans love him. Like, especially, man, how magical last season was for the Yankees. Like, <laughs> It was really, man, they really made, the fans will never forget that, that year, even though they they came up short. Like, man, there's a lot of memories from that season for Aaron Judge and the Yankees, so I just never saw him leaving. (laughs) However, I'll say this, though. There was a brief moment where the idea of Aaron Judge joining my San Francisco Giants because, you know, you have to root for the home team. <laughs> and there is a, there is, it almost looked like it could happen. And I really believed it. Because <laughs> there was rumors, there's him visiting, like, San Francisco or the Bay Area because he's from here. And then there was uh, other kind of rumors circula- circulating, percolating. And I was like, oh, sheesh. Aaron Judge might be here and no actually I was kind of pissed too because like just the week before you know the Giants had like a a five dollar ticket giveaway for like a bunch of games like throughout the year like all the big games like July 4th the home opener uh, I don't think no actually I don't think it was there because it was sold out but just like a bunch of games and I remember I <laughs> I was in the bathroom and I was just like kind of picking all these games I had like 10 or 6 10 games or so in my checkout in my cart like $5 games and then I was gonna check out and then I, I was like fuck nah, I'll just wait <laughs> <coughs> and I was like oh sheesh now with Aaron Judge coming to the team possibly I was like oh my god I fucked up because like if Aaron Judge goes to the Giants I'm not going to be able to afford tickets anymore (laughs) so I was like I think the day when Aaron Judge finally made his decision I was like as soon as he announces that if if he does sign with the Giants I have to go online and buy as much Giants tickets as I can otherwise I won't be going to any games this year or next year and that's something that cannot happen so the news <laughs> it's funny because like the news actually first broke out that Aaron Judge was going to go to the Giants by one of the uh right to Twitter people like one of the respected journalists ish and <laughs> he posted that and like he did like a switcheroo like he's like a oops <laughs> like I think an hour later and I was like what the fuck dude so Aaron Judge technically was a giant for like an hour and yeah I mean the possi- 
the dream of Aaron Judge, you know, maybe hitting 60 home runs in Oracle Park, AT&T Park, seeing him, you know, in a San Francisco Giants uniform every night for our team would have been fantastic, but uh, just didn't happen. And of course, he resigned with the Yankees. But uh, stuff to take away, like why don't why can't we land anybody with the Giants? I don't know. I really don't know. Because there's a time where I was begging Shohei Otani to go to the Giants. He picked us as like a finalist. Maybe I, I forgot. But he literally picked the fucking Angels over us. Like. <laughs> Not like the Mariners, like the Mariners, you know, I mean, even though they kind of sucked back then, you know, they just, <laughs> they're not as bad as the Angels. And he picked the Angels over us, and <laughs> that was that we were, ne were never able to pick up any, like, big-time free agents. And, you know, would Aaron Judge go to the Giants if we had finished first in the NL West, like we did the year before? Instead of this past season where we were an absolute dump, dump, dumpster fire. I don't know. But it's unfortunate. The Giants are still so far back from competing in anything. Because our farm system is still not strong. It's <laughs> like our picks aren't really shaping up as great as we thought. And Joey Bart, you know, I think he'll he's kind of finding a groove. Uh, we need Marco Luciano to replace uh, Brandon Crawford. And, you know, we still got Logan Webb. But, yeah. But there's no, like, legit superstars. I mean, if you ask, like, Giants fans, I think they could probably tell you Brandon Crawford. You know, Buster Posey's, you know, he's gone. There's just nobody to really attract people to the games like they're used to even though we still i mean like true like diehards would still go i mean i went to the most giants games that i've ever gone to in my life last se this season <laughs> and this was like the worst season that i've probably one of the worst seasons that i've seen as a giants fan and yeah so shout out to the giants um aaron judge i thought that was the right decision should it, you know, maybe, uh, who cares? <laughs> Other things, uh, next. <clears throat> Other unfortunate news, man, what a terrible episode, but, uh, you know, we were talking about K-pop a little bit last episode, and, you know, I just have to talk about it again, because abruptly, you know, we were, t I mean, we were talking about uh, a member leaving a group last episode and now it's happening again this time to a group that's a little bit more closer to me and it's the first time that i've really dealt with it like i know luna is kind of like i follow the group but i'm not like a super orbit super fan i just follow the group i check them out but this group and mix who i'll talk about a lot more next week is one of is jyp first of all and i always rep jyp and you know this i had to stop saying that i know i was saying it last last week but 
Edmix is one of the uh, newer groups that I I'm really really have really um, respect and love. They're an awesome group. Their music is great. Their talent is overwhelming, and I I think they they're gonna lead this next generation. But we took a tough took tough blow, tough loss with the departure of one of the members, and it's uh, Ginny. I don't know. I don't even know if I'm saying her name right. Ginny, Jen, Jenny. She. They didn't even say why, and that's the thing that really bugs me. And but anyway, she she left. She decided to leave the group on her own decision. Decision. Ew. Decision. Decision. That's what. That's the only thing we could really get from the news was that it was her decision. It wasn't like the company said, bug off, or they kicked her out, or something like that. No, like, drama or scandal surrounding it, allegedly. But it was her decision. And, you know, it kind of caught me off guard, because number one, we're not even a year into NMIX. Like, we just got started, and I thought the momentum was great. They had a great Christmas song, too. God. <laughs> and I was like, man, a lot of great momentum going into the second year or the yeah, the second year of Enmix and I was looking forward to it. And then the one member, you know, that literally kinda introduces the group and kind of is such a memorable memorable part of the group because she's the one that starts the debut song. She's the one that does the the transitions, the, the weirder, weird, weird parts that that I love, but other people might not like it. In both of the songs that they had this year, and yeah, she left. It's <laughs> like what the? F- I'm not gonna cuss anymore. But that caught me so off guard. And she was she was super talented. Um, I just learned that she could sing too. Like I thought she was just a rapper. But she sings as well. Her dancing, top notch, tons. Like she had so much charisma that kind of led the group too, because the whole group is very charismatic with their performances. But them as a unit were so kick ass. Like they're so good. And she was just very delightful, bubbly, a bubbly performer. And it was just like, oh, now I'm like trying to picture the group without her and that's just like you can't like because <laughs> you think of those seven when you think of the group and you know even though you know it's devastating like i'm glad i'm only no actually i'm only okay with it if she is okay with it <laughs> which i i was like dude can't she just like leave like a message for the fans you know <laughs> but it also shows like the true reality of K-pop. You know, we kind of fantasize K-pop to be this like perfect kind of culture or or like uh, industry. It's not like it's. I think that's kind of easy to to admit, like that it's not really as clean cut or perfect as we thought. You know, I'm just assuming that you know she left because. The idol life is really stressful 
because <laughs> even like this past year like with nmix i was like they had so much stuff and content that they created music wise you know it was kind of regular like two comebacks and a christmas song but other stuff that they've done like content wise traveling the world k-cons and all that uh performances all around i could i could see how stressful it could be and this member Jin, Ginny, she had she's actually been a part of jyp for like for a long time like five years or something like that and yeah i mean i guess when she finally made it and debuted and saw how idol life could be which isn't as you know again it's not as happy or go lucky as it, as we all think it is you know you can't even date <laughs> you can't even you can't do a lot of stuff like sure you could perform and live out your your dreams of doing music and performing for crowds but the idol life requires you to smile 100 percent and excuse me and be happy go lucky and maintain this perfect image which is not truly the case for regular human beings which is what these k-pop idols are are actually like they're just regular dudes <laughs> and yeah that's what i'm assuming and it's just for me to experience that happen to my group one of my groups is really devastating especially such a critical member of the group like and makes it so great because it's it's like a unit like it's a true like like everybody contributes to the group not saying like other groups don't but you know every group kind of leans towards certain members and nmix was awesome because like every every member had held their own kind of ish again not saying that other groups didn't hold their own but nmix just had a great balance to it and now it's six members it's an even set of members and I think they'll still be fine, but losing out on just all the charisma, the energy that Jenny had, is it going to be tough to replace? So, uh, we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> last uh, last topic, uh, Doc Rivers and the Sixers. Um, speaking about people you can't replace and people you could replace uh we could definitely replace doc rivers um i think i'm for first well people are saying like yeah we should have fired him after the hawk series but i kind of felt that was ben simmons fault <laughs> but now i i get it like i'm 100 percent sure that doc rivers is an issue similar to how i i figured out that jeff fisher was just never gonna coach the rams to playoffs victory ever is kind of the same feeling i'm having for doc rivers and you're asking like what's the breaking point there, there wasn't there wasn't like a breaking point like i felt like i've always kind of had this issue with doc rivers whether it was not playing people on the bench like a paul reed even though paul reed's kind of struggling right now but that and then the latest debacle, I think, is what really culminated everything. All the bad decisions and just lack of direction. But 
it culminated in the Lakers game that we played this past week against uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. It's like we're up 10 in the fourth quarter. We're cruising to victory. And all of a sudden, with two minutes left, like everything goes horribly wrong. Like we're turning the ball over. Our defense falls apart. Doc Rivers calls a couple timeouts, tries to uh, get the situation under control. He doesn't, of course, and then now we are we have no direction. And our team is not full of rookies. This, this isn't the process years. This isn't like the rebuilding years where we, where we have a bunch of like nobodies that or not, no experience having people. We have James Harden out there. We have Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Melton. We have veterans out there, dude. And they're acting like a a middle school team. Like, they can't inbound the ball. They're turning the ball over. They don't know how to pass it to each other. They don't know how to defend. And, and I, I, I'm placing all the blame on Doc Rivers. And I just don't feel like... And I feel like, well... I don't feel like... I don't feel confident that Doc Rivers can lead this team in the playoffs, even though he did kind of call a good, he called a really great series, well, a couple games against Toronto. Like, I, I, I gave him his props last year. But when we're competing against, like, Milwaukee, Boston, definitely. I don't think Miami's that good this year, huh? Or the Cleveland Cavaliers, I just don't think we can out-coach, out-coach them anymore. Especially like Nick Nurse or an Eric Spolstra. And that's that's kind of something that it's kind of been blatant, blatantly obvious that we're kind of lacking in the coaching department or the head coaching department. And it just sucks because like, I don't think he's going to get fired. <laughs> but I think the it's kind, it, it has to be like in idea that's floating around the organization with that said like i kind of wish that we could move on to sam cassell because like i don't know we just need direction and i just don't think it's coming from doc rivers uh other things joel Embiid is like had just another 53 point 50 point performance today (laughs) sunday when i'm recording it but he's been amazing. And part of the reason why is because of James Harden. I think he just sets him up perfectly. I think him off the pick and roll with James Harden is one of the best uh, things in the NBA. It's just it's just too easy for him. Like this was like today's 53-point game against uh, Charlotte. Even though they're not, they're not really a good team. It was really, really one of the most easiest, one of the most calmest, most chill, like, 50-point games I've seen from Joel Embiid. Sorry, I'm getting sick. But Joel Embiid is what I, I was trying to say. But, yeah, so shout-out to Joel Embiid. Uh, short episode next week will be the K-pop review episode, and hopefully I'm not sick at that time uh Ubi Allen podcast new music coming soon watch out for my mixtape 
my rap career is going to take off. Uh, peace, Uwe Allen Podcast. Peace, bye.